set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club. Sorry. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Okay. Hi guys, you're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Belly from 1998, directed by Hype Williams. So it is noir Bimber. Um, so we are doing something like we always do, a little different, bringing you a different perspective on noir. And we're coming to you with a hood classic with <laughs> Belly. <laughs> yes. If you haven't seen it, it is on the Criterion Collection this month under their hip hop um, collection. Um, and it, I believe it's also on Tubi if you want to watch it on Tubi. Yes, it's on Tubi. I know that because they have a Noir Vember collection. Um, and we can't even mention Noir Vember without shouting out Mariah, who was on um, our podcast episode for Mississippi Masala. She is the creator of that term. And to see her influence, it is literally worldwide. Everybody has mm-hmm. a Noir Vember something going on. So shout out to you, Mariah. Um, you know, your influence astounds me. She's been like linking different like there's something happening here in Australia here's something happening here in in Idaho or wherever and I'm just like damn girl (laughs) you really made this shit pop off like Mm -hmm. one can only dream but yeah I believe uh Belly is on Tubi uh where they have like a noir member collection i believe um so i got the idea i said Brittany, why don't we watch belly because i feel like we've talked about watching belly before and maybe like off air at some point yeah it's been on our to-do list for a while and this just was a great opportunity to bring it to the forefront bring it to the people yeah we might be stretching the limits of noir here but I think I think it's important. It also just had its 25th anniversary, which I completely did not even know uh, that it was so long ago. It does not feel long ago, but I don't know. Um, this is not either of our first time watching this, I don't think. No, I've seen it a couple of times. This is a movie that, oh, no, you're not supposed to watch it. So naturally, I had to watch it. Of course. Um, and then I watched it again as an adult to yeah. see if. You know, that first time sneaking and watching it changed my opinion of it. Right. And then I watched it again for the podcast to see if <laughs> this time changes my opinion of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I think this is my second time. Um, so some parts were instantly recognizable obviously the intro everybody knows about the intro um and then the i remember the rest of the story being a little bit flimsy (laughs) and being like okay what's going on here like i never really connected so i don't some of the people who end up showing up towards like the latter half of the movie i had completely forgotten shout out to uh everyone's boo well not everybody's boo let me not do him like that but like hip-hop's boo i guess <laughs> method man i forgot yeah. he was in this movie um Me too. and there's a few other people i feel like pop up or at least sean paul is in this i don't i don't think i caught a glimpse of him but sean paul is in this yeah. movie when they go to jamaica so that's fun <laughs> and i was trying to 
think of like, yeah, I was like, yeah, he had worked with Mr. Vegas. He had like deport them going on around this time. It's before he had like, you know, his like big like hit with like Dirty Rock. Yeah, this breakout. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, that makes sense that he would be featured here. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when we talk about this movie, um, I don't really know the demographics of our audience anymore. <laughs> I really couldn't tell you. Um, but I feel like to explain it to maybe if you catching this and you're just like, let me amplify black voices or whatever. Um <laughs> I'm sorry that's so rude um if you were listening and you're not black and you didn't grow up listening to hip-hop music or watching music videos like this is such like in the 90s when this came out this is such a a visually speaking this is like a very iconic movie for a lot of reasons um mainly because Hype Williams is a music video director. He's mostly known for uh, music videos. This is the only movie he's like feature film he's ever directed, but he's been directing music videos since he was like in his early twenties. Uh, I think he's 50 now. So if we are coming on the tail end of hip hop turn 50, like he's pretty much as old as the genre <laughs> itself, I guess. And a lot of people are, some of our like legends of hip hop are in their like, early 50s late 40s so like it's a pretty Mm -hmm. still like a young genre I guess um in many ways and it's kind of astounding when you really think about how like Hype Williams was not even 30 yet doing some of the most like groundbreaking videos of our time I have a list like Um, and it's not even exhaustive like he's done so much I what are your what is your favorite Hype Williams video do you have one okay so ones that like immediately speak to me is Missy Elliott's The Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyonce's Check On It. Mm. Um, there is also LL's Doing It. Oh God, that's all. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so iconic. The way that he captures the artist mm-hmm. and whatever background and scenery that he has, it's just, whatever he sees in the lens is just beautiful. And also yeah. all his videos of Lester Rhymes, like woo yeah. Mm-hmm. Like give me some more. Like yeah, that's that's art. Like if yeah. I can have it playing on TVs in a museum, that's where his work belongs, in my personal opinion. I I agree. I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, it it really is art. Like it's it's very hard to like make something and then you know think of it in the future and being like, oh, I I don't know. People might be still playing this <laughs> years from now. But even I think a couple of months ago, somebody. Uh, posted a clip of Buster Rhymes is give me some more on Twitter and I was like I remember the day I saw this for the first time I was like eight or nine years old I was at a friend's house and I just remember being like this is so fucking creepy and I cannot look away <laughs> and there's so much happening it is sensory overload because it's like he likes a fish islands I think is one of his mm-hmm. like trademarks and I was like this is so odd also like compared to like Buster Rhymes rapping because I think that was probably the first Buster Rhymes song I ever heard at the time and I was just like this is a lot and I cannot stop looking away and I remember being like I'm so fucking creeped out <laughs> but I cannot stop thinking about this but I think my favorite videos are probably like what's it gonna be with Buster mm-hmm. and Janet. Um mm-hmm. I would say I also like the rain with Missy. Um and I was gonna say I I like no scrubs. 
I don't think it's like super like maybe as like technologically interesting as like what's it gonna be because there's like a lot of green screen and like fun stuff and like think about video I think think what's it gonna be cost like a million dollars to make or something you would not get a million dollars to make a damn video now but there's something really fun about like the the y2k-ness of it like I don't know something about black people and the future like we just hop on that shit we were making some really cool like it was just very interesting to see how optimistic everybody was about the future because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not the same now girl but he, he's done some really fun things I think if you're like on the younger side if you've ever seen um the runaway short film that he did uh, like Kanye West did that was hype Williams which I didn't realize he also did drunk in love with Beyonce which is very basic. That's probably the most basic Hype Williams video I've ever mm. seen. And I didn't realize that was even him. It's literally this them drunk on the beach, dancing around and stuff. But he's just a really, really like pretty fantastical videos. I don't know if he's got some, he should have like a lifetime achievement award or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. Does he? He should. I believe that he received like the, um, the video Vanguard. Okay. The MTV Video Vanguard Award. I hope so. In 2006. Okay. I hope so because, like, that, it's just, no one's making things that fun and cool anymore. Like, I don't think that's just like a thing anymore. Yeah. You're right. He did in 2006. I did. I don't think they've been giving like actual directors. He's the only non artist on here. Out of like all the people who've gotten the award, which I didn't even know they've been giving this award to people since like 84 or something like that. <laughs> I didn't realize that it's become like more, I guess, popular because I guess because we don't have music videos really like that anymore. Not in the yeah. way that they used to be, but it's also interesting that he's a music video director and he's just never decided to do another film again. <laughs> and I'm wondering if it is because of how the movie was received um, a lot of the like critical reviews at the time just basically panned it. Um, like reading a review from the San Francisco Chronicle that was contemporary then, just just called it a flop. Essentially, just said it was yeah. like all flash and no substance. Yeah, which is weird because there are so many of these types of like crime films out in the 90s. And maybe when it was released, people were just kind of like tired of it or something. I mean, it is kind of a mess. I will not lie. <laughs> it is after that first couple of scenes. I'm just like, where are we going exactly? Like I'm having to rewind this a, a few times to really mm -hmm. take it in. But like, I don't know, like you mentioned paid in full when we were talking off air and that came out in 2002 and I think that's mm -hmm. like probably doing what this is doing but doing it a lot better I don't mm -hmm. know why <laughs> I think like personally I think that belly walked so <laughs> like I feel like if Pike Williams wasn't if he didn't receive the opportunity to make this movie we wouldn't have paid in full because mm -hmm. there are a lot of elements in terms of like casting and what the story of paid in full is comprised of that comes from belly even though the paid in full is um based on true events yeah um 
I feel like a lot of it received, like a lot of it is influenced by Philly. Yeah, I would say that too. We wouldn't, we definitely, I really don't think we would have state property without Philly. These, these films wouldn't, they just wouldn't exist. So Yeah, yeah, I watched Pinfold for the first time, I think all the way through this year, um, which I recognize like scenes from it but it just was like one of those things that I just hadn't watched yet and there's a lot of rappers <laughs> in it I don't think any of the other aside from like what like juice maybe I don't think many of the other like crime films from back you know like early 90s I don't feel like they u- utilize a lot of rappers like they did towards the end of the decade I'm trying to think. Not as much in that only, like the only ones were like Q-Tip and yeah. Tupac. Yeah. Because um, John Singleton, you know, was heavily influenced by um, hip hop and he used like Tupac in his work and Q-Tip in his work. And then other directors was like, okay, I see that Tupac is a good actor. So like. Yeah. And here? that's maybe the issue. <laughs> DMX is a great actor, I think. I think he, and he did a lot of other things. I'm just like, oh yeah, I forgot. He had like an actual filmography. Um, Nas, he had a filmography too, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it wasn't translate. Sometimes it doesn't translate. Like even when I was watching it, I was like, oh, he's narrating. Oh no, <laughs> he shouldn't be narrating. Yeah. He should not be narrating this at all. Like that's not, that's not a good decision. And then I read too that there are some like problems on set because um, rappers, well, I wouldn't say the rappers, but maybe just the general cast would show up late and then people would show up high and the uh, blunts and everything that they were smoking on set or in the movie are real. <laughs> and I was like, now how is that going to help you hype? <laughs> how are you going to direct somebody who is all fuzzy and cloudy and just like, girl, I don't know. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So there's some like maybe rookie mistakes, but I don't think that he's like the worst of all the music direct, like music video directors turned uh filmmakers i guess like i wouldn't put him in that category i want everybody to know hype you're a legend and i hope everybody has continuously given you your flowers because you deserve them and i would not have the childhood that i had and i can say the same probably for britney i will speak for britney in this moment that (laughs) i don't think we would have the childhoods that we had without the music videos that you made because when I think about music videos now, it was just like one and done. And we had green screen back then. And I think it was better utilized than it is now, which is crazy because we have the, we have more technology now and it looks worse <laughs> than it did, you know, decades ago. I mean, this is from 20, like he was making classic shit like 25 years ago. Like this is, I don't know. I just can't stop singing your praises, but I will say visually, this is great. Story-wise, I don't know. Um, apparently the story came from Nas himself and some other people. Um, and like Hype has a credit for the story as well as somebody as somebody else named Anthony Bodden has story credit. I don't yes. know who that is. Do you know who that is? Um, I do. It, it like based on like his IMDB, he oh. has some other like story credits on some other familiar works that, <laughs> um wait like, like okay I it. 
So he um, was like, um, and this like he had story credit on um, Belly and worked as a consultant on Foolish <laughs> and held up. I don't know if anybody besides me has ever heard or seen that movie, but I saw it in theaters and it was a good time. Also, he was um, a consultant and assistant to the producer on Shaft mm. and a production assistant on Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, which you know is directed by John Singleton. Mm-hmm. So, and he's a consultant on Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how that would have worked and what he was consulting on. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Pearl Harbor. That is a very long movie about a subject that I am not wholly all that interested in. So, and I also really am not a Ben Affleck person. So, um, sorry, Duncan, not not here not now <laughs> so um but yeah i i feel like i've heard of foolish i've never seen held up or heard of held up um oh, yeah you can watch it it's on tubi right now um, it I'm, is it looks like a tubi original <laughs> about jamie fox and nia long are on a cross-country road trip mm-hmm. and nia long has to go to the bathroom in the worst way so okay. they stop into a gas station and the gas station gets held up fun jake mm-hmm. Busey is here come on oh no sound hold on i don't know why that's happening um yeah i haven't heard of that but it seems like a movie that you would have watched where you're getting your hair braided was that when's that when it happened i don't know it was like oh jamie fox me along one ticket please oh okay you saw this in the theater okay 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 (laughs) i yeah i haven't i haven't seen any of those but if anybody wants to catch those please do not hesitate. Run, don't walk to your nearest TV um, provider. <laughs> mm-hmm. I added it to my watch list yesterday. <laughs> of course. Um, so hype has a screenplay credit and story credit. So when it plays, it says written and directed by Hype Williams. So maybe that's why he gets most of the brunt of the thing. Because if he was just directing, you'd just be like, "Well, you're just directing. Like it looks great," but when the story is also coming from you, <laughs> you're just kind of like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> so I guess the basic plot of this production is uh, Sincere and Tommy played by Nas and DMX respectively are two, I don't want to say low level because they have money, but they're like, basic street criminals they're not running an empire or anything like that um and they rob and i believe they also sell drugs um and they're just basically doing basic hustler shit with like another like a kind of a gang of other guys and sincere is like eh, i don't know if i'm really built for this i don't know i kind of want to you know do some soul searching and stuff like that meanwhile tommy is just like listen Drugs are where it's at. We need to get, you know, we need to get in there and start dealing. And like Tommy's not, I'm not sorry, Sincere's not really into it. Tommy's going full speed. And in the process starts kind of like a weird turf war across the United States and also in Jamaica. (laughs) It just gets deeper and deeper into the drug game until he is asked to one day assassinate someone, which we will get to. So it goes off the rails pretty quickly. (laughs) Brittany's making a face like she can't believe it. (laughs) 
It's an interesting plot, to say the least. So first of all, I'm going to begin our our talk of the movie by saying I do recommend that everybody watches Belly. I'm going to put this up front. Yeah. But it also... As a story, as a as a as a narrative, kind of gives like, oh, we just got a couple ideas. Um, we gonna let everybody, you know, put a little something in the dish and see what we get as the end result. Yeah. So like everybody's contribution is welcome. Um, whatever you want to do, if you want to have a shootout, just put it on the script. We'll do that shootout. We got the money. We got the time. <laughs> we can do it. Yeah. Um, if you want to look cool as shit, you know, pop, 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 pop on your way out the club. Yep. We could do it. Yeah. Let's just, just, let's just try it. Yeah. We're trying things. We're spending half our budget up front for the opener. Um, cause this only has a budget of $3 million and apparently they spent like half of it on the opening scene. <laughs> Which is worth it. Honestly. It is. It has been cemented in pop culture. This is why I agree with Brittany. You should watch it. Um, don't be like one of those people like everybody's talking about belly and you're just like, oh, what's belly? Don't do that. You don't want to be that person. Um, you should at least, you know, I'm pretty sure this is probably floating around on YouTube if you don't want to watch the whole thing. Um, it's iconic. Uh, there's also a Game of Thrones meme <laughs> made with the opening of Belly where Jon Snow was inserted in there. I have no idea why. Oh my God. I never watched Game of Thrones. Oh, like that. that would make sense with I don't I'm not a Game of Thrones. So I have no idea what people be really talking about. But I'm just I can see what they would say. I can see how, because the white walkers wear them white contacts. Yeah, I was thinking maybe that's what that part is. Um, and I don't really know about John and the White Walkers, but I just you know, some it fits in there somewhere. Somebody made it, people loved it. I loved how everybody else was loving Game of Thrones at that time. So I was just vibing off of everybody else's vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, if you want to get in and you know, really be in the know, like go watch the scene at least. Um, but I do want to say that um everything after that scene is kind of just like okay (laughs) let's just do it literally and also they take a lot of liberties with like settings and things because at one point there's supposed to be in omaha nebraska and i was like that looks like brooklyn like (laughs) but like far off from like the city kind of like out where you really gotta have a car or something i was like that looks like that looks like brooklyn girl and then what was the other thing that i wanted to mention I don't know. I would, I agree that it's just a lot of scenes that are like connected by like other things. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. They are taking a lot of liberties with like how people are surviving. <laughs> there are a couple of times I was like, no, you should be dead. <laughs> you should yeah. be very dead. Like when a very important character is like literally shot, you know, during a shootout, but then gets in a car driven by, I think, Jizza. Um, or a ghostface killer, somebody you know, a fellow Wu Tang member, um, and comes back later on. I'm like, no, yeah, (laughs) I was like, that was a shotgun, that wasn't just any old gun, that was a that, no, you should be all, all in mm -mm. that whole situation, should not be (laughs) working. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of getting to like almost like superhuman level of things because even even sincere gets shot and I was like, that's 
very high up. Like you, (laughs) he just came home. He's like, baby, I'm shot. I'm like, okay, (laughs) are you upright? (laughs) You shouldn't be upright right now. So it is kind of a, a little bit fantastical in that way, but we've mentioned the opening a bunch of times. It's literally just like, I don't want to like, I don't want to diminish it, but it's literally them going to like rob this club. <laughs> and it is done so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like it is, is so beautiful. So like they're walking through the club. It's all black light. It almost gave me a seizure for real. It but- was a lot. Yeah. There was some, <laughs> there was some, some, um, flashing what is that kind of weird light they do in the strobe club? light yeah the strobes I, I don't know why they do that I mean I guess if you're high might give you something else but I'm like okay my brain feels like it's starting to get like doing that like spaghetti twirling thing with like a fork <laughs> I was like I don't like that anymore so just trigger warnings yeah if you have light sensitivity like me it is a lot of flashing lights in this particular part so you might want to close your eyes step out of the room for like Mm, the like after the first five minutes for yeah. the next three minutes you gotta yeah. you gotta leave because you will it's like was it like a, it like a um, bathroom scene right or something mm-hmm. yeah just but, like look look around the corner maybe <laughs> yeah because it is bad it's really bad and it's also for long so just yeah. to let y'all know <laughs> yeah it's a little um, disorienting but they're they're walking through the club and it's all slow motion everybody beautiful black people in black light so everybody's skin is just glistening everybody's yeah. just glowing and everybody's just dancing the back to life yeah I had forgotten that part um that that had happened like that was the the scene I don't know why I always remember something else for that um music but yeah it was the acapella version of back to life by soul to soul um, which is an iconic song as well. And it just, it, that literally could be like the music video. <laughs> like yes. it was fantastic. And they had these really fun, like weird sort of contacts that almost make them look like zombies in a way. Hot Topic back then. Yeah. <laughs> store they sell. Like at the hair store, they used to sell for $25. Did they really sell those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. You, could get, you used to be able to get like fun contacts for like $25 at the hair store. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> not my eyes, girl. I'll buy lip gloss. They're your non-prescription, but that is true. I'm I am thinking like where are all the girls getting their gray contacts and green contacts? And yeah, probably at, at the, the hair, hair store. store. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's don't play with your eyes, people. <laughs> Take care of your eyes. Just yeah, be careful. It used to be fun to just go get your braid in here and then in the front counter, it's just like loose contacts. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. Um, I want to say something about the cinematography. I think that helps with the, I mean, you know, speaking about the, the whole glowy sort of blue lights, because, you know, at one point, a very famous singer said, you cannot have blue lights on Black girls, but she was incorrect <laughs> she was incorrect at this point because everybody looks fantastic in this mm-hmm. and the cinematographer for this movie was Malik Hassan Saeed and he was also the second unit director of photography on Eyes Wide Shut and also Gattaca and was the cinematographer for Belly the original Kings of Comedy Girl 6 he got game and clockers so Shout hits. out to you, Malik. You hits. got you got hits on hits on hits. I wonder what it's like to be the director for fucking <laughs> for the cinematographer. Sorry for the original Kings of Comedy. Like, how did you decide to light Steve Harvey's gigantic suits? You know, he also was the cinematographer on Lemonade, hmm. and he was a cinematographer specifically for Formation. Hmm. 
he's got a lot of um he's got a lot of like music video credits because i think he's also a cinematographer for black is king um he's done some stuff with like selena gomez enrique iglesias lana del rey Nicki minaj like he's got a lot like this is a <laughs> pretty long uh list of things he's also oh he was also the director of photography for the players club and you know what People look great. People look great. That movie is still crazy. You know, every time most key when people be talking about the the players come using that meme. I'm like, yeah, y'all should feel really bad. Stop using that meme. Evil inside for using Ebony as a meme. That meme and the one where where was the girl? Well, I forget what her name is. Ronnie. When Ronnie's all rubbing up on uh, Diamond, and I was like, okay, no, yeah, that's not. Did we all forget what the movie is about? <laughs> Did we all forget? So uh, he's got some great credits, but um, everybody looks fantastic. I believe they go in there and look for a gun in that in the uh, bathroom. Although at that time I was like, all right, if this keeps going, I might have to fast forward because my eyes are starting to do that thing. <laughs> so um, they end up shooting a lady through a window too. Yeah. That must have cost the most money. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all this glass and all this. So they they rob a club. They also kill a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to Tommy's house. Tommy's also called Buns. I don't like that. So we're going to call him Tommy. Um, and his house is really cool. It's very like Y2K, modern, white. Like... I don't know. I recognize this house from something else, but I can't remember what. I feel like another music video, but it's it's gorgeous. I had to save pictures for just like inspiration. Yeah, it's really nice. Like I would probably want more things in my house, but just how they have like the all white, but then like these really beautiful like pictures of black people with like really deep dark skin, all glistening and stuff. And it's just really, really pretty. And I was like, damn, this is really fucking nice. I don't know where they're supposed to live <laughs> with this big ass house, but I guess out in the borough somewhere. <laughs> Not entirely sure. I, mean, I thought it was funny that they go back there and they're watching Harmony Corinne's Gummo. I was, I, yeah, I had to look at the trivia to see. And I was like, what the fuck is, and they were also like, what the fuck are you yeah, watching like, in this house? From the wire, was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I, mean, I too was like, Y'all fucking watching Gummo? I've never seen Gummo. Everybody's like, don't do it. And I've maintained that, that I probably shouldn't. And now that I know that's Gummo, I'm like, what's going on in this house? <laughs> what's going on in, in Harmony's brain right now? Because that was a lot. I don't even know. It was just a bunch of kids being like, you're a fucking pussy and beating up on some you kid. S- I don't know. It was a lot. You smell like pussy. You stink. And I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah, I've never seen like of Harmony Corinne's work. I've never seen Gummo or Trash Humpers. <laughs> don't know how to feel about either of them. So. I don't know about that title. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen someone talk about Gummo on my timeline and be like, "I fucking hate <laughs> that I watched it." And I was like, "Oh, is it that bad?" And now that I got a sneak peek. It's a little, a little worrisome. But they're like, "Yeah, hell no, I don't want to fucking do all that." And they're talking about Don't Wake Up. What's her name? I'm forget. Not her real name. Keisha. Keisha paid by Terrell Hicks, who is Ooh, gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful. Did she used to? Um, so she was in a Bronx Tale. Mm-hmm. She's a little black girl in a Bronx Tale. That was like her first movie. I could have swore that she was like 
in other music videos but did I make that up I feel like she I don't see it like on her filmography but I feel like she was in uh videos I feel like she was like in a LL Cool J video yeah like there's something about her that was very like familiar like her face I was just like I've seen you in like a music video before and she's in some other stuff. She was in, uh, she had like a brief role in The Preacher's Wife. So we have seen her as a child a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, or at least a young girl, cause I was in 1996 and so not that far before or not that long before Belly. Um, but yeah, she also had a music career and I think her music video is playing in the background, but like another scene where it's just like, oh my God, like she's lit so well. It's so rare. <laughs> and I was reading a little bit about like how they got the light to reflect on her skin. Mm-hmm. And it's basically they put baby oil on everybody in those like scenes. So like the light would catch it and reflect well. So yeah. you could be like, I don't want to say glowed up. So you could be lit like that. Yeah, because um, it's all like reflective, like blue light or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically like really like deep dark skin with like blue highlights and stuff it's really nice mm-hmm. um so i guess all the other part of the budget went to <laughs> baby oil <laughs> these are opening scenes like it's all baby oil and stuff um yeah so th- i think like they're like don't wake up keisha they end up waking up keisha and then she ends up coming down there yelling at them and i think um i think at this point sincere is like i don't know if i want to keep doing this or whatever like he's, he's like- a little I don't know weary yeah, he's like you know what I have a wife Tion yeah played by Tion <laughs> Watkins aka Tion my, my, I have a wife Tion and a little baby daughter mm-hmm. at home and I don't think I want to expose them to this life anymore and yeah and I don't think she I think Tion also says, like, hey, like, you out here in these streets. And I don't like yeah, that. You don't need to be doing this shit no more. We got kids. And they have a nice house. It was a mm-hmm. big old, nice little, like, Georgian-style type of... I think Georgian. I don't know. I might be making that up. But it's a nice, like, really... Um, God, I almost said... <laughs> I was thinking... This reminds me of, like, The Sims. One of them really cozy-looking houses they be building mm-hmm. on The Sims. Because it's, like, all brown and, like, all this, like, wood paneling on the inside. And, and I forget like where he lives. Decor. Yeah, it's, like, completely opposite from Tommy's house. Like, it's actually, like, some people live in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where Tommy's house is just like, all right, take your shoes off at the door. <laughs> Do not be tracking mud in my house. And um, they just have very different home lives. Because Tion's like, hey, like, you know, let's be home for the baby, you know, don't be out here in these streets. And then Tommy is out here cheating on Keisha with like a like a teenager, which I was with like Vita, uh, the rapper. Well, the, the teenage <sighs> Okay. Is that her? Yes, Vita. Okay. Um that but is like as Tommy like unwinds for the night Keisha goes through his pants and gets his pager and calls the number back and she starts talking to um the woman on the other the the child not the woman the child yeah she's 16 apparently in the in the movie and she um is going off on Keisha saying like yeah I know Tommy like yeah we've been together I've known him since I was 11 I'm 16 years old right now and yes I was with him the other night See, and jail. Keisha like cusses out the little girl 
but then also goes to cuss out Tommy, but at the same time doesn't hold Tommy accountable for messing around with a child. Um, mostly the, the the part that she's so mad about is that he's cheating on her. Not that you're a weirdo, you know, assaulting a child. That's what you're doing. <laughs> like, yeah, she was like sixteen year old. She's like, we don't have sex, but like. She gives him a head or something. And I was like, that, yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh no. What are the reasons? I'm I'm, assu- I'm assuming, given the trajectory of the character, like this is just exposed, like this is just laying out all his sort of like wickedness and, and waywardness versus sincere's, you know, he has a nice family structure and all that stuff. And he's just out here kind of wilding and stuff. And I was just like, but no, I mean, it's like, it's not not true to life, especially with rappers, but like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that is so gross. And also I was looking at this and I was like, oh, is this where Summer Walker got the inspiration for the album cover? Cause this looks exactly the same. I don't know if you've seen her album cover. I'm not a Summer Walker. She's on the phone, like cussing somebody out, basically. It's like I think her first album. It's called Over It. Oh. Not her. Yeah, it oh, is her. It, yes. Okay. Yeah. That looks like um the little girl. That yeah. She's I think her name is Kiana. Kiana. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that where that came from? Because <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about Summer Walker. Um. So, and I try not to. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks very familiar. So once again, I think that album came out in 2019. So the influence, the, uh, I don't know, the international implications that that has, <laughs> that the scene has, but it is gross. And, and he is, you know, Tommy's like, I don't know any Kiana. I don't know anybody like that or whatever. And he's missing. And then they have sex, I guess, to shut her up, basically, in that yeah. weird bed, which I was like, this is not, this is a nice modern bed, but it's also very small. Yeah. <laughs> and not- the it, it the sex scene in this is only this sex scene. It was giving that scene from Tales from the Hood in the chamber that's kind of scary which which scene? you know the the final about oh. the gangbangers when they put him in the scene he's hunted by all the people that he killed yeah and he just kept like flashing oh yeah it's very quick cuts i guess yeah. nobody i don't know maybe dmx was like please don't have no camera hovering on my ass or something which i was like wow is that really dmx's naked ass i just saw wow Rest in peace, Earl. But like, yeah. what? <laughs> it was like I was not expecting that. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, a thespian. Okay, Earl Simmons, a thespian. He said, mm-hmm. "I will strip down for you," unless it wasn't. But I don't feel like. Yeah, those I, back I, tattoos seemed pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah, I don't think if they have like a stunt ass or whatever, <laughs> like they be having for people. But yeah, I was not. I was um very surprised by that but it is very quick so you don't see too much which I feel like in other scenes of other movies maybe they've drawn it out a little bit more mm-hmm. but he's like no we gotta get to it fuck we that shit get to the story yeah get to the story at hand I was gonna say we didn't talk about DMX's filmography he had a, a few things that I recognized and then we he had, had really weird. Romeo must die of course from the cradle to the grave yes 
And then there's some other things that I'm just like, what is all of this? So he acted pretty consistently up until 2020. And he also has some things. First of all, I don't know why this is filming. Maybe he's, I don't know. Maybe it's not done yet, <laughs> but he has some stuff that's hasn't come out yet still. And he's been deceased for how long? Two years? Two years. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. I didn't know he was still doing so much acting, um, but he was even on, uh, I feel like these are all not documentaries. I mean, he was on an episode of Chappelle's show as a musical guest. <laughs> and some other stuff. He's also on an episode of Black Ink Crew. I think he was on an episode of Fresh Off the Boat, which is probably where that that meme, not meme, but like people like to pass around that image of him like watering flowers and stuff. Because I guess it's a little bit different from the DMX we remember, which is like at a at a ten at most times, <laughs> just very very intense. Um, but I guess after no, sorry. While Tommy is showering, he hears something about a news report about heroin and how it's, you know, is bumping and it's coming stateside. And he decides that he needs to get in on that. Also, wait, I'm thinking about the news report. Was that news report given by Kurt Loader? Yes, it was. (laughs) And I just remember that. And I would like to say that the the Kurt Loader news report, like the old MTV news, like that old 90s, it looks great in the house, like as another sort of additional layer to the modernness of the house, the modernity of the house. But also I was like, they used to just be calling up Kurt Loader and be like, hey, can you do a fake <laughs> MTV news report, which also like the amount of like traumatic things I would hear from like the MTV news report. I was like, Oh no. I was like, and it's like, who died? Yeah. (laughs) Terrible, terrible entertainment news. Yeah. If it was in the middle of the night too. Ooh, no. Like, Oh Mm -hmm. shit. Like I I flinched a little bit (laughs) when I saw it. Cause I was like, Oh God. Also I was like, why would Kurt Loder be talking about heroin? I was like, that's from like, I don't know. Like CNN, not CNN or like MSNBC. Did we even have MSNBC back then? I don't know. But like somebody else, (laughs) not, you know, Kurt Loader. I mean, shout out to you and all the things you've done for the music television Mm -hmm. brand. But um, yeah, it was kind of weird. But yeah, he decides that he needs to get on that immediately. And like after like having sex with Keisha, he's like, yeah. So sincere, we need to get on this right now. <laughs> like, and sincere's like, I just got it's home. like two a.m. What the fuck? Yeah, you know? <laughs> like can't just wait until morning. Like can't just wait. Yeah, like let. Do you want to maybe let the sun rise and maybe get a little bit of rest? No. Okay, we have to go right back into uh, crime. Um, we got to get this fucking money, man. Like they didn't just get money. <laughs> and I think that's the problem. It's like they have that car ride and they're kind of just like, um, there's a quote I wrote down because I thought it was so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, he said, I call you my nigga because I got love for you. Ain't no money like dope money. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, sir, take a breath. Maybe take a beat and maybe, you know, like think it through. He's not thinking it through. And Nas is kind of like, well, not Nas. Sincere is like, 
you know, I think he's having like a not an identity crisis, but he's kind of just like, is this all there is? <laughs> so maybe like, an identity crisis. <laughs> I just turned 26 and I don't think this is the life for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I could be doing something else. Um, but also it's weird because he's still narrating it. So he's not really involved in all of the rest of the, the crime, but he's still narrating it, which yeah. is a choice. Yeah, it's like, damn, then I heard. <laughs> I guess he heard yes. it from the grapevine or something like. <laughs> There's like no reason for him to be knowing any of this, I guess. <laughs> um, There's like a bunch of scenes that I was kind of a little confused about Um, where, I don't know. There's just like, like Tommy's like making somebody strip naked. I feel like that, was, that comes back later. Yeah. Because I feel like, okay, so like we're introduced to his little crew. Yeah. And one of them, they were like, yeah, they got these young boy wise and little kid yeah. who wants to be gangsters, but they not really, they little soft. And we don't really, I don't really want <laughs> them to be living the lifestyle that I live. But, you know, I'm just a narrator. I'm not really active in this movie, so I'm not going to do too much to deter them from taking on this life. Yeah. Um. So I'm just gonna silently watch, but tell y'all they this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tommy is basically put like Tommy is putting on a show for everybody else in the room by bullying. I, I don't know which one, Wise or Lakeith. I think. Okay, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. I think it's somebody named Black. According to Wikipedia, this is not good that I have to look at Wikipedia and understand what was happening, but. Tommy calls knowledge. I remember that part. And because he wants him involved in the operation. Knowledge says um, that Black had been talking about robbing Sincere. I guess because Sincere got a large share, like a large share of the um, whatever they robbed everybody from the nightclub, like literally the night before. And he was like, I'm going to rob him for his share. I don't know. And then Tommy's like, well, let me take care of this. And so he forces like, Forces him to strip naked and then also is like shooting warning shots in the basement. And his feet and basically dance, like, nigga. What you laughing for? Why you laughing so hard? Like one of those tactics, which which is aggressively aggressive. Yeah. You don't never want to be in that kind of situation where somebody's like, ha, what's so funny? Why you laughing? Girl, that's always the worst. <laughs> I know you ain't talking. Like one of those. <laughs> I know they would think it is. Like, oh no, you don't never want to be on the receiving end of that. You know, on guard is what that means. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but you know, get yourself ready. I did like the the um the little quip that uh sincere, I keep wanting to call him Nas, that sincere says is uh black as a PhD nigga, a plate in here. Player hating dickhead. <laughs> it's like that's so juvenile and childish. Like, come on. And also, you know what? That's I, I kind of <laughs> might have to add that to the <laughs> I was like, where did you uh, establish that one? But also, I think this is like a very, like, well, I'm wondering if this is a very New York thing because I've seen people talk about this on Twitter, but everybody signs off their phone conversations with one. And I don't understand where that came from. <laughs> like one love? Not even one love, just one. I know, but I'm like, is one like one love like Is that what that is? That's what I think it is. 
but also did you, Midwest. So yeah, did they do okay. that in Cleveland? Did they do that? No, I think but they- I knew a lot of people who like lived in New York and like yeah moved to the area. Okay, but, but like yeah, that's where my mind went. It's like one one love. I always, but I could be totally wrong again. If you're from New York, please tell us. Mm-hmm. I never have heard. I've heard, just only seen people talk about it on Twitter. I'm like, oh, that's that's something I've never heard of before. But um, I'm from down south, so they're the rules are a lot different. <laughs> so I never, I never heard anybody. But they all do it in this movie. They're all like, yeah, all right, one. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so Leah, if you are from New York, if you have a uh-uh, or your parent who does that. If you if you know this Gen X slang, yeah, please let us know. Yeah, if you're in a Gen X or maybe an older millennial or something mm-hmm. like that. All my family were from New York, but they all moved in the '90s, so mm-hmm. I don't. They're not young enough to have ever done any of this stuff. So I think it is very interesting. For like, everyone's like, "All right, one," and I'm like, "Is that the end of the conversation?" <laughs> uh, so. After this weird ass fucking display of masculinity, uh, Tommy goes to someone named Ox, who I think is Linux, but also Linux. I don't, I was having trouble with that one, but they call him Ox. And he's this Jamaican dude who has like this massive fucking house. I don't know where in New York this house would be, but it's this massive fucking house. And, um, I was also trying to figure out, I was like, does he know what he's saying? <laughs> I guess he does, but they don't like break it down for you because he's speaking in like very thick patois and uh, watching soccer games and rolling like the biggest blunts ever. And also there's like a big old bowl of weed, like unbroken down weed. <laughs> and I was just like, I feel like all of this is very real. <laughs> like Somebody was just like, hey, call up so-and-so and ask him if he could just like, you know, spare some flowers or something and put it down for us. But it was very, um, it was a very interesting scene where basically Tommy is like, Hey, uh, you don't know me very well, but, um, you know, I'll help you sell your heroin if you like. And Ox is like, sure. Why not? <laughs> but also don't play me. <laughs> or I'll kill you. So that's cool. I was looking at okay, so the actor who plays Ox is a reggae artist. Oh, he is. Who is he? Um, Louis Rankin. Hmm. Okay. Oh, he passed away not too long ago. Yeah. Let me specify. Not reggae, but dance hall. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Has a song called Typewriter in 1992. Oh, so he also. Um, acted in a movie called Shadows, which is a 2002 Jamaican crime film, and of course Belly, um, and he was in some a couple of things. But yeah, I haven't heard Ty Rider. I can Google it, but I have not heard it before. I, maybe I have, and I just don't recognize it. Um, but he seems like he's like a pretty well respected artist, um, at least in comparison to like Supercat and some other people. Like, um, but. I don't know. So, or at least he was the one who was like, hey, I'm the big, <laughs> I'm the best one out here, bitch. But yeah, he basically is just like, hey, don't play with me, but you can have this heroin, but you have to bring it back. Not bring it back, but bring me the money when you are done, which is usually how these things go. But um, 
I don't know the reason why they decided to use Omaha, quote unquote, like <laughs> as like the place to sell it. I can't tell you even. Where, like, cause I was like, how many, there's black people everywhere. Let's just say that. Even if you don't think there's black people everywhere, there are black people everywhere. They might not put us on the tourism flyer, but we're there somewhere. But Omaha, Nebraska is like a special like <laughs> pocket in the middle of the West. I'm just like, where did you just like put like a dart on a map and say, that's somewhere that we've all never been before. <laughs> like I doubt any of these people have ever been to Omaha. Not even on tour. <laughs> I was very confused. And it didn't look like Omaha. Like I said at the beginning, it looks exactly like Brooklyn. And I was actually looking at the signs and being like, what kind of sign is that? I'm trying to see. What's up with these license plates? Because there's a whole crew in Omaha who are not happy that Tommy is selling drugs there. And it is a black crew um, um, being held, or I guess fronted by Somebody who has the same hairstyle as Andre 3000 in the Hey Y'all video. And also not even, not even that one. Actually, didn't Big Boy have that hairstyle <laughs> for a minute with the extreme. The flip. The, flip. the late 90s. Yeah. Flip. Yeah. What were we doing with that? <laughs> yeah. Which this. Okay. So the introduction of Big Hair Rico. Um, kind of gave me like I was trying to figure out what we were doing here because this is a part of a movie that was supposed to be like funny yeah. and it didn't seem oh. the appropriate tone yeah. um, because he's introduced and he's eating a banana and he's eating it so aggressively that he has like banana shit all on his lips Yeah, Um, he has glasses on so he's supposed to be a nerdy snitch ass character you can see it from his appearance because he has thick glasses he has a hairstyle that you know is coded as being like out of date um yeah and just yeah he he's he's coded as a hater a hate ass nigga that's <laughs> what he's coded as and his like one of his first lines is like look at these niggas. I hate these niggas or something to that effect. And I was like, this is supposed to be funny, but we haven't received any comedy prior to any of this. Yeah. I guess the only other part that was supposed to be funny maybe is um when Vita called. Mm. I think some of that might have supposed to be funny. Yeah, but at um, this age, it's, it's not. Not funny? <laughs> yeah, as I, as like a person in my mid-30s, almost mid-30s, I'm like, oh, no, jail. <laughs> jail yeah, for everybody. Because it's like, haha, women fighting. You know how bitches be. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not funny. And like, this is also not really funny. That banana. All. I forgot about the banana. And that yeah. was aggressively gross <laughs> yeah and i know like the actor is taryn turner who was admitted to society mm -hmm. like yeah so like this is like like he does these are his roles like the, this is his genre <laughs> yeah 
yeah but it's still kind of weird yeah and it's also kind of like um, i don't know i was because he's like in charge right he's also in deep cover uh he he's in charge though like or at least he's in charge enough to be like hey i don't want you here Mm -hmm. so but also he's a snitch like he's talking to the cops so yeah if we're doing that, if this is like a thing where like the cops are using this guy to like infiltrate the black community of Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> then it is kind of odd because I'm just like, you got to do all that for the, <laughs> the black community of Omaha. Maybe there are people. I mean, I almost I almost want to look up the demographics because just, it's just such a random thing. And it kind of reminded me of that season of Sons of Anarchy when uh, the baby gets <laughs> Don't shake your head. When the baby gets kidnapped, Abel gets kidnapped and they bring him to Ireland. The IRA brings him to Ireland, but it's like fucking, I don't know, Fresno or whatever. It's like, like with a green filter on it. And I was just like, bruh, what is the budget? That season at all. Cause it's like, Jax, that's your sister. Like, please stop looking at her like that. Yeah, he tried to like fuck his sister without. Did he know that was his sister? I forgot about that. He, he, I think he found out, but it was almost too late. Was like, that family. <laughs> the trials and tribulations of the Teller family. Like, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I forgot about that part of that. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> but I just remember the opening because I was like, this is not Ireland. I want you to know. And if you didn't have the budget for it, like we could have figured it out. But this is not good. Um Interesting. I'm looking at the demographics for Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, and no. Girl. In 1990s. Why are you? No. I need to know these things. The demographic was 13%. Black. It was 12% in 2020. 12.3%. Yeah, people are like, I get to live the, in Omaha. They're like, I get to get the fuck up out of here. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty representative of what like overall in America because I think we're only like 12 or 13 percent of the population even though everybody swears we're like overrunning everything (laughs) so um it is kind of interesting so I guess there is a pretty big population but it just seems so like like who in New York knows anything about Nebraska like for real like (laughs) like be serious um but he's not into it and you know I feel like they make money, but then it's a whole bunch of other shit and it's just a mess. And also um, knowledge decides to conspire against Tommy by uh, calling Method Man, a.k.a. Shamik, I believe. Is that? Yes, Shamik. And goes to have him like shoot up a club. It's a lot. Like... <laughs> story starts getting out of control okay, this is when it was giving coldest winter ever um, <laughs> this is when it was starting to feel like coldest winter ever like it was like oh we need another another spicy plot <laughs> to keep it going it's like but what's about to happen to winter now <laughs> well it is weird because i was like okay i guess you know being a drug dealer is not without its challenges, but then you needed like a another, I guess because like Sincere doesn't do anything 
like, I think at this point, he's just like, I'm at the house. I am studying, I assume, the Quran. He's not really doing much. And nothing really happened until, like, they come and try to threaten Tion later. Mm-hmm. Which I still am I'm still a little bit like, why did that even happen? Yeah. <laughs> Are they threatening her to get to Tommy or something? And I was like, why? <laughs> why is this all happening to anybody? Who knows? Who knows? Um, at one point, Tommy... Uh, goes to Jamaica. Oh, I want to also say with this whole part with uh, with Shamik, um, Method Man looks so good. He looks the same. He's very, like, he has a very dark energy in this film. Oh, yeah. Dark sided as hell, but still yeah. looks great. Looking I think, fantastic. I think it's a scene where he has a toothpick. Um, yeah, he's doing a lot in this, but very hot, honestly, but love to look at him. Just love, lovely. <laughs> To look at see this is how we got caught up and had to watch how high yeah we won't get we won't be fooled again but i will just say i love to look at method man and i have never been disappointed every time i've looked at him but at this point this is this superhuman weird shit because there's like a whole um thing where i think he's like trying to shoot rico and then Rico has him. No, Shamit gets shot by the bartender, but it's he's shot with like a shotgun. And I was just like, you just went through like a window. Yeah, he's like shot in the chest. Or yeah, like you get shot hard enough that your body flies backwards out through glass into the street and you're still alive. Yeah. And I was like, that shouldn't be possible. Great looks great on film. But that shouldn't be possible <laughs> unless everybody's, you know, if it's like a Kill Bill situation where everybody's just a little bit more than superhuman, I get it. But I was like, no, you should actually be dead, like very dead. So that's a lot. Um, I think Tommy goes to Jamaica. I believe this is where we see Sean Paul. Lots of great sets, not set design, but just like the the overall like thing. It just looks like a music video. <laughs> it looks like a really great music video. I think. It looks like they actually went to Jamaica for this part. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they did. Yeah. Because it's was, like, it's Mr. Vegas and Sean Paul on stage performing. Yeah. And it just looks like, like, it doesn't look like New York or any part of New York. Because that's was, after the whole thing with, with Omaha and I was like, all right, let me, let me really look and see if they're actually in like Jamaica. Because this looks crazy. <laughs> all of this looks crazy. But I think Tommy kills somebody um, for ox for whatever reason i guess another drug lord and and um tommy's girlfriend keisha gets arrested by the police which i was like girl they gonna got my girl and for no reason because she literally has nothing uh keisha and tion have literally absolutely nothing to do in the movie at all like they have very little character development in any yeah. way tion is a mother yeah. That's it. Boom. The end. And yeah. she, you know, I don't think you see her with the baby. She like, I feel like they were walking down the street one time. No, the baby was not there. I feel like when they're at the house, the baby's there. I feel like it might be like a rattle on the floor or something. <laughs> I, I feel like like there's no characterization to any of the women mm-hmm. in the film. No. At all. Like no characterization to Keisha or Tian or or Kiana. Um, Kiana. Yeah. Like they're 
they're not even there really to move the story along either. no no well i mean like tion is the one who's just like hey like i think we should leave uh new york or whatever and that's when they decide to go to africa which we'll get to that in a minute but <laughs> um there is no like progression like like keisha I think at one point, the only thing her, she says is like, oh, I wish that Tommy was like sincere because sincere is a good dude or whatever, which I'm like, he's also been out here robbing and killing people just like Tommy has. So I don't know. Maybe he's just a little bit nicer about it. And like even like Keisha goes to jail for Tommy and Keisha doesn't even have the I love my man characterization. No. It's like I would do anything for my man. Yeah, and my man want me to do a bid. You know, I got my bay. Please like, God, twenty years for him. You know, if he want his plate fixed first, you know, I'm about to make that plate. If I had to say my man or my kid, and we hanging over a cliff, I'm about to choose my man. Like she doesn't <laughs> have that characterization either. No. But they try to make her a little bit of that character. Um, the only thing she does have is that she's just the uh, the victim of assault and abuse. Yeah, like emotional abuse um, from Tommy, and that he's like yelling and saying, "I'm not cheating on you," but he's cheating on her. Yeah, um, and then later on, when some other stuff happens, it's yeah. like that—that's it. Like she's really not even a character. Yeah, she's not. And I was almost like surprised because I was like, "Do they have her in the pen? Like <laughs> they didn't got my girl." And then and then Dion comes and bails her out. So they're friends, but there's no other like discussion about like, "Hey, you need to leave him." or whatever like it's very weird and mm-hmm. i don't think they made any effort to like do anything with the two girls like um like kiana comes back one more time where tommy's in the car talking to keisha and i forget what keisha's talking about but like kiana's over there like being like you need to hang up the phone hang up on her blah blah blah. and then she gives him head and i was like why is this happening (laughs) like this is so gross and there's all that's all she does it's just like yeah you need to hang up on her i was like she's like 16 like that's not even cool like you're a loser (laughs) like in the grand scheme of things you can't find nobody your own age also like as someone in the drug game you can have anyone like all the people in the club that you just robbed <laughs> if they know who you are like they would be like yes i would like some money please yeah. buy me a coach bag um thank <laughs> just a coach you. just a coach yeah it's 1998 <laughs> i want a coach bag thank you true <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, that's ugh, i don't know it's just something weird I mean, from a woman's perspective, I think it's very losery. But from a man's perspective, I think it's cool. And I'm just like, no, that's pretty fucking pathetic. Like, she's not even graduated high school yet. Like, give me a fucking break, yeah. weirdo. Well, like, you got a girl at home. Just like your dick for you, shit. <laughs> fucking stranger. Like, ugh. It's so gross. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he got her girl. He got Keisha caught up. Um, probably, really, I think it's probably from uh, Rico's dealing with the cops because I think they raid the operation in Omaha as well. So like things start falling apart pretty rapidly. I feel like after they like killed that guy in Jamaica, maybe things start falling apart because mm-hmm. also like this, this whole scene with Ox, like Ox gets stalked in his home, which I wanted to ask you about because I almost forgot about the scene. Um, 
Ox is in his house and he gets, I guess, like a hit squad sent to his home. I think by the friend of the guy he had killed back in Jamaica. And um, basically Ox kills all the hitmen. Mm-hmm. And then some random female assassin comes out of nowhere with like a mask on and just slits him from ear to ear, basically. Yeah. I wasn't. What happened? I mean, <laughs> I was very, not that it wasn't cool. I was kind of like, where'd she come from? Who is yeah. she? I was like, was she hiding on the ceiling? She was like in the yard at the beginning, but I don't know where she was when all the other killings were happening, but she was just like, I'll just let you guys handle that. If I handle it, like die uh, violently and then I will come and, you know, make shit shake. But I was confused because we don't see her again. We don't see her before that or after that. No, it's really random. Like I ran it back and I was like, oh. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out what was going on with the mask too. I was trying to figure out like if it had some connection. It probably has like some connection to something else that I'm blanking on right now, but I don't want to like assume. But I just thought it was odd because I was like, did anybody else have a mask on? <laughs> like, I, was little, I was a little lost. And so and then she, I was like, she's the only one that know got a gun. So I was mm-hmm. a little, what we trying to say with this little detail because you haven't done anything else with any of the other women in this movie but all right i i guess <laughs> it is a cool scene it's probably one of the longer violent scenes of the movie um but it is also like kind of strange but i guess now that ox is dead tommy doesn't have any like plug to sell heroin for basically so like he doesn't have any connections to like the big dogs you know because even after all that he's still not his own mogul like drug lord he's like close I guess but when you're still doing the dirty work I feel like you're not there (laughs) exactly I think that is what there's no progression in this film like in other like other films like this there is a progression like you start off you know, entry level. You yeah. work your way up to middle management and then you become CEO. <laughs> like that is how it works because you have done everything you needed to do at each step. Yeah. But for both protagonists in this film, Sincere is not there. He's just telling you everybody business. And then <laughs> Tommy hasn't moved from any, like he hasn't gone he's at level they're both at b i would say they haven't yeah. gone from b to c in any capacity they just they're really just doing shit yeah he's not even like like a scarface type like he mm-hmm. doesn't you know like in scarface you know um pacino i forget i'm blanking on his character too but like you know there's a progression from being like this immigrant until being this you know kingpin surrounded by all these drugs and he don't even have that he has a really nice house and that is about it like there's an attempt being made you know you got your omaha outpost but then that's done (laughs) the cops have raided that like with them because i feel like there's like a timeline of this too it starts like I don't know, maybe like early 99 and then ends New Year's Eve or New Year's Day 2000. So like this is all happening pretty rapidly, but like you didn't get anywhere. (laughs) You didn't even, you didn't really make shit shake like you were supposed to, sir. 
like it because usually also like you get to that point where like, everybody on your back and want your position and then you start your downfall yeah but you're not you're even just fucking up like you're literally just fucking up and that's like part of your downfall like you <laughs> you're literally just doing shit in the streets yeah, and that is what's calling your downfall. Like I think in like one of these other movies, he would have taken Ox's position, mm-hmm. and then, then the shit would have happened because you've probably killed and and backstabbed and all that other stuff enough people that they're like, okay, let's take you down. Um, but he doesn't even get that far. Like when Ox dies, it's pretty much like everything is done, like mm-hmm. for Tommy almost, and then. I guess that's when we can get to the part where <laughs> we can talk about. Oh God, um, sincere and Tion are just like, hey, shit's crazy out here. I don't know if this is when. Um, I think this is before the encounter with Shamik um, and Tion, but they're going to the car, and Tion was like, I think we should leave and or do something. But we gotta get the fuck about here. And then I don't remember whose idea was it. I feel like it was baby Sincere's idea where he's like, hey, we should go to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were laughing about this before we started recording because I just feel like it's so vague. <laughs> it's so vague that it's almost embarrassing. And just like, this is a black movie. Why have you not specified one of the countries in Africa? Because Africa is a pretty large continent and you could be talking about any old place in Africa. Like, sir. We we just going, we going to Africa. Yeah, like you're not going to specify, are you going to Nigeria? Are you going to Egypt? Are you going to Morocco? Are you going to Sudan? Like, where are we going? You just can't homogenize Africa like that. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> I didn't think that was like smart and maybe I don't know if that's something a part of like Nas's thing with the nation of Islam but I did not care for that at all um and I thought it was very sloppy that you would just be like hey we're just gonna go to Africa I'm like girl there's so many places you could go yeah I, I just just give me a city any city shit name a country <laughs> just, just just give me that name one for starters and then let's see where we're at <laughs> once you've named one but you haven't named one yet and I thought it was very silly and I don't know I maybe mean, it's like it's not like a pan-Africanist or something like is he like a Dr. Umar type it just feels like it would apply because I, I, I do not know I, just, I even with even with like you know let's all join together like please recognize that there are different places and <laughs> different cultures and different everything like you just can't be like hey we're just gonna stick in a, a finger on a map and go here no i didn't like that part but they're like yeah we're gonna go to africa we're gonna go leave new year's day and we are outy um so i forget about this one scene with tommy and wise and the kid like he basically instigates a fight between them and one shoots the other and he's just yeah. like sitting there with their dead bodies when the cops come to arrest them. Yeah. 
wasn't sure about what was that about. <laughs> and Nas is just like, yeah, I heard that happen. <laughs> and I heard that Tommy felt like he could do something about it, but then he didn't. He's the Ahmad of Belly. So he's, you know, just, that was really unfortunate that happened. You know what? They, they just kids. <laughs> he is the Ahmad from Soul Food of the Belly universe. Yeah, you know, Vimma told me all them stories. She told me exactly where the money was. <laughs> like, and I never told anybody about it. I just really wish I had picked a different narrator. Like, anybody. Like, even, like, Method Man, who's, like, not really in the movie a whole lot. But that would be a better narr- narrator. Or even just Tommy himself. Like, why didn't they get DMX? And- Silliness. Silliness. Yeah, Tommy would be more interesting and dynamic. Because he's in the action. He's like, yeah. We about to go out to Omaha, Nebraska. He just has a Do better. There. He just has a better control of his voice. Mm-hmm. Like I just think Nas is like, yeah, you know, we're just gonna go. Out. Me and Tiana just gonna leave, and we're gonna go to Africa. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> put some more emotion into that. So you're a rapper. I've heard you say worse things about Jay Z in a better, <laughs> better control. Shout out to the Ether diss that came out later. That rocked everybody's shit because my goodness, we haven't had something that good since. Um, so at this point, I believe Tommy's arrested and he's recruited by some like random white people. Um, Yo, you know, yeah, wait. Oh God, that's it. Well, it's a couple things with that. Bill, First of all, in the car, I have issues. So like, if you are in the drug game and you know somebody goes to jail, why are you? Call in talking business from the jail phone. Why would you do that? Also, Keisha, you know that your family is in the drug game. Why are you talking to people on the phone? Girl, use a code word at least. <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody saying they probably got your phone tap. They got my phone tap. Yeah, they got your fucking phone tap. They have your phone tab, girl. <laughs> they are listening in. They're collecting the data. They don't need to do it right away. They just need you to keep feeding that rope until you eventually hang yourself (laughs) so you be careful girl like don't don't do them too much but yeah like she's not in the game but like still there's probably something they could get her on just for being in the same house or whatever but i don't know it's it's oh god (laughs) and just knowing too that he sells drugs and also probably kill people not probably he does kill people but i don't know how much she knows about the killings and the things but i'm sure she's enjoying that drug money in some form of fashion. <laughs> so it's not a good look for her, unfortunately. I and mean, she's not a down ass, you know, woman, but she still got got. So um, I think the shadowy organization, this is what it says on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, they want, okay, this is a Christian preacher, but I thought he was Nation of Islam. So what in the hell is the truth? I don't know. I'm not sure. Basically, they want him to assassinate some preacher. I don't know. I feel like I saw somewhere that is uh, probably in that Collider article that you mentioned that uh, it, it was giving uh, Malcolm X type vibes. Assassination yeah. of Malcolm X. Malcolm- it, it, it gave that to me when watching it. Also, I didn't appreciate how that man was like, you know what? You my nigga. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like I was. 
What does that mean, sir? Because it wasn't <laughs> like, you know, be red deep in the boom. He wave, you know, like, yeah, I'm a white person who listens to rap. No, Chet um, Hanks. And I think I'm going to let this one go to see how you feel about it. Yeah, let me test no, the waters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, no, you're my nigger. Like, that's what you're it my, Yeah, you're my house. Like. And I was like, you're my house boy. Tommy, you go. Let this white man talk to you like that. Yes, he is gonna let that white man talk to him like that, which is crazy because I guess this was mirror the scene where he was like, "Yeah, you my nigga," and I say that because I love you, but you know, I'm not here to trying to get this dope money. And I was like, "Damn, he really, he really called you that, sir. He called you that like twice." I was like, <laughs> "You want to hook off on him?" No, no, no. <laughs> that was really great. I don't even know if he knew. Like, like what was the. What was the like incentive to be like, hey, come kill oh, this guy? Okay, that's what I figured. Because he was approached like once he got out of jail, he was like, I guess out on bond or whatever. Okay, and he was at his mama house and he went to play basketball. And this <laughs> white man was like, Hey, I know you. I know Keisha. I know you at your mama's house. I know you could go to jail at any minute. So let's talk about some stuff. Okay. All right. So that was all. Because I was like, if you just, I was like, he just came up to you on the basketball court. And he knows your name. Like you aren't a little bit suspicious. <laughs> He's like, yeah. So like, let's let's just talk about some stuff. Let's yeah. just talk about a few things. Sorry, that man is in the CIA. <laughs> 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 like, there's something dastardly going on there. Um, but yeah, he's basically doing the dirty work for some organization who knows and um any number of three letter organizations that probably run this country and he has to infiltrate this religious group i'm confused now if it is a christian group or if it's a muslim group i can't tell now i don't from what I'm gathering from how the story is being told, it's like, you know what? You a group that's delivering the good word, the good message to the Black community, and I must stop you. <laughs> it felt like a Boondocks episode at this point, like for real. <laughs> like... And we also like prior to this week. Okay. So like there is a lot of there's a lot of violence in this movie. Um, and that was one of the controversies about this movie and its release. Yeah. Is that how dare you depict the black community in such a violent um way? Like yeah. how dare you do that? Like how dare you show your community like this? How dare you show white people this? Like that <laughs> is <laughs> like some of the pushback that the film received upon its release. Mm -hmm. However, in the movie itself, there are a couple of moments where it's like that Keenan Ivory Wayans <laughs> moment where he's like, message. Um, where yeah. the first one happened like a little bit prior to all of this, where Nas is just like, ooh, shit. Shit is <laughs> our real. And he's just at a park and he is talking to a random 12-year-old boy named uh, Shorty. And we know he's 12 years old because Nas has told us all his business again. Of course. And he's like, you know what, Shorty? You don't want to be living like me. You don't want to be living this life. There's way more good shit that you could do with your life. You're still 12 years old. You could go to seventh grade. You do not want to be running the streets like I did. Just take it from me, an old head. Just 
don't do this shit. Okay, here's some weed. Like <laughs> that is one of the moments. And then, so that's like the movie trying to say, like, yeah, we just did a lot of you that's know itself. violence. You know, black. You know, violence, black on black crime. <laughs> You know, violence within the Black community. But at the same time, we want to show that <laughs> the kids who have watched all of my music videos that I've directed, all of the music videos that both Nas, DMX, T-Boz, um, all of these music artists that they were in, we want to show them that, no, y'all don't need to be living like this. Y'all don't need to do this. We're not trying to glorify the message that we're giving in this film. So it does try to correct itself yeah. in some sort of way. And also, uh, with the assassination attempt, they let the preacher a monologue about the yeah. violence within the Black community. Like, you shouldn't be turning on your brother to do crime. You shouldn't be stealing. You shouldn't be robbing. You shouldn't be selling drugs mm-hmm. to the community. You're selling, selling drugs to your brothers, your sisters, their moms. Like, you are killing your community. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing gun violence. You should be um, upholding the Black woman, our most valuable resource. Like, you shouldn't be degrading them. So it's like, even though it has done all the things that it is said it's done yeah. is still trying to leave the viewer, the audience with a lesson, a message yeah. to take forward. Let's let's also like note that that uh, monologue comes at the like the end of the movie. <laughs> After all the cool scenes of people getting shot. And-, and I feel like that monologue might be happening either concurrently or a little after like Keisha is attacked within her house yeah it's the, yeah they're intercutting it so like first Tion has been attacked at her house um I think the baby's there I don't remember so like she's there and she has a gun and she's like I will fuck you up <laughs> and um I forget like the whole conversation they have, but like he's basically it's Shamik looking for um for Tommy. And I don't know if he came there looking for sincere, but he decides to just like threaten his wife. I doesn't girl. So it's a whole thing. And um she at least tells sincere, like, we gotta get the fuck up out of here. Like there's, there's just these, these people are crazy. Like, we gotta get up out of here. We gotta go to Africa. And then and then Shamit goes to Keisha's, which I don't think that's I don't think that's Tommy's house. It looked like a different house altogether. Yeah. Um, but he comes in there and just starts beating on her and stuff. <laughs> I was like, what? like she is violently attacked. Yeah. Like, and I, I I know I have uh, other things to say about that as well. Like the nature of like, okay, T-Boz, like they are looking for sincere. Mm-hmm. She is just approached in the house with a bunch of people. They pull guns out on her. Still yeah. terrifying, traumatic, should never happen. It's at least like five people against mm-hmm. like one. And I'm just like, this is also a woman <laughs> like what are you yes. doing and she's alone and it's it's terrible yeah and then we have keisha keisha is brutally attacked like she is thrown to a table she is punched she is kicked she's beaten yeah thrown um, through the glass table mm-hmm. when it breaks and all that 
And I'm not going to like the, and I understand that Tommy is her significant other. Like you could still use the same source of intimidation yeah, just, Keisha just being a well. bunch of just being a bunch of men in my house, and I don't know who you are. <laughs> That's yeah, I hate to like say that, but it was you took it too far, yes. Shamik. And so what happened to you was, I mean, at that point, like what you you putting your hands on me? Yeah, she beats his ass and she kills him. Yeah, she shoots him. Which I was like, girl, well, I guess it's at that point it's either him or you, <laughs> and you chose you, and thank God for that. Because what the hell? What was even the point of all of that i guess he's just mad because he goes to jail or something like his whole like little side arc was just so like he's he's kind of just like a hired hitman i guess i mean he is but just seemed very like um like i don't know like he's hired like he's it's vengeful but i was like at this point like are you getting money for this i'm assuming you're getting paid (laughs) to be this reckless and violent with everybody all the effort that you put in doesn't seem like it is yielding the results that you yeah boy yeah but it's it's he i mean if you're if you're acting as a hitman like your job is to keep going until you get the target but sorry <laughs> it's getting wild as hell and i was like this has gone on far enough because i was like also like once again you should be dead so like you keep coming out of nowhere <laughs> love you method man but i was like why do you keep popping up i also forgot that uh sincere gets shot in the leg on the street by uh by black the guy who was mad at um him in the first place but also the one who gets stripped down naked by tommy yeah and i was like damn that's in daylight (laughs) and i think they kill him in self-defense but it's just a whole lot and at this point too i think we don't think we talked about it but like sincere and tommy have dinner together and like they're both like i'm positively changed like i forgot what sincere says but like you know tommy's like yeah i've been reading the good book and i am a better man even though i'm also planning on killing this man so (laughs) i don't know how he was gonna justify that but you know sometimes the logic is different for everybody and, um, you know, they're just kind of comparing how their lives have changed. I doubt Tommy's life has changed that much. I mean, he's absorbing, you know, the message, the hashtag message. But I don't know if he's actually changed it because he goes and pulls a gun on the, <laughs> on the preacher not too long after. Yeah, at the church. Yeah, like in his office. Like you're going to yeah. kill him in the building. With every with everybody downstairs because they were still performing. It was still crazy dancers downstairs. Oh yeah, I forgot. It was like actually like during service or mm-hmm. something. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> he was doing a lot, and then you know the I think his name is Reverend Savior, which is played by someone named Benjamin Chavis, who is um I think he was an assistant to Martin Luther King during the civil rights movement. And then also he was elected to 
uh, executive director and CEO of the NAACP in 1993 and he held that office from 1993 to 1994. And I believe he was probably one of the youngest people to hold that office at the time. So, um, and he had a whole bunch of stuff about like, you know, anti-drugs in the community and things like that. So I guess they hired him for this. I don't know if people would have visually recognized him, um, like seeing him in this movie. Um, so I'm not old enough to know if that would have like, like struck people being like, oh yeah, that's that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if, I guess if you had like, you know, Reverend Jesse Jackson or somebody like that's someone that's very obvious to me, but you know, there is at least some thought behind that casting, I believe, but he goes through the whole thing, the whole thing with the whole, like, you know, our most valuable resource, the black woman or whatever, that seems so like fit in like the like at the last minute <laughs> and also I like i wonder i feel like that particular point was probably a message directly to the stars of this movie well they didn't take it <laughs> yeah I, I really feel like that message was is like directly <laughs> to the stars of this movie given the context <laughs> content of their work like what these bitches want from a nigga uh, what these bitches want you know and i did that song come out by then probably maybe i feel like 99 2000 okay yeah it was, so, it was like, i was about to say i enjoy the song pretty <laughs> it's like you know given that you have a lot of hip-hop like, artists in here you know is it is it's kind of shaky and kind of turn the content content yeah. of songs um, mm. regarding women, you know, yeah. not everything is not all I need or I need love. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. also like how women are portrayed in music videos, even how women were portrayed in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Like that is a music video. There are women on the table. They are topless. There are no topless men in the video. Yeah. But it's a lot of topless women in the film. They're like dancing it's, on like tables or like uh -huh. almost, or maybe like um was it like pole dancing or was it like it yeah. was some sort of like you know women dancing slow motion you know how it goes I forget yeah, and I feel like it was like directly to them like you you know degrade black women in the content of your work and yeah. you need to uphold them and be more respectful I feel like that was like a really pointed critique. Yeah, I don't know. It it seemed a little like kind of slotted in because sometimes I, I'll hear people be like, we got to respect the black woman. And I was like, OK, what are you doing to do that? <laughs> exactly. Like is just acknowledging it is not enough anymore. Like I need some tangible, you know, things that have, you know, what are the goals? What What is the, the multi-step process to actually doing that? Here, so I'm always- plan to respect black women? Yeah, I'm like, what are we doing? Cause it's not enough to be like, yeah, let's respect black women. Let's respect our black queens. I'm like, you need to stay away from me. <laughs> what you need to do. When I hear that that term, I'm like, you need to actually stay away from me. But also it's very funny because none of, nobody internalized that message at all in the slightest because You Owe Me by Nas came out in 1999. <laughs> which is one of the grimiest songs i've ever heard even though it has a great beat thank you timbaland who just was in the news talking about justin timberlake need to muzzle britney spears so you're not what <laughs> yeah that um mm -hmm. 
Yes, Miss Britney. This is off topic. Miss Britney Spears, had, her memoir came out at the end of October. I listened to it on Spotify. You can do that now if you have premium and um, a mobile at least. And I guess Timbaland was at something and he was like, yeah, I called Justin and said, you need to muzzle her. And I was like, what's the last, first of all, when's the last time Justin Timberlake ever even spoke to her? And then also like, what? I was like, it's her memoir. Like, she's allowed to say whatever the hell she wants to in her memoir. Oh, wow. I missed that. Also, and then Miss, like, yeah, he's a, he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, don't tell um, me you're in love with Aaliyah. And she was like 22 and you're old. <laughs> no, she was like 15. And, oh, no. Yeah, no, like when you're working a one in a million and that's what's like, oh, no, I love the artist that I was working with. That's ah. why my wife looks a particular way. Like, you're a fucking weirdo. That's creepy and gross. That's disgusting. Apparently, Missy Elliott uh, called him when told him to apologize. So that's nice. Good. But um, why would you say that? Like, that's not even necessary. <laughs> like, all these people. Oh, my goodness. And so, uh, yeah, You Owe Me is, like, right on the heels of this movie. <laughs> and then also, like, you know, Nas put his hands on Cleese when they were marrying so like none of that is internalized at all and i know he has lyrics similar to this of like oh we need to it's very like patriarchal though it's like we need to be more um cognizant of how we're raising our daughters and i was like raise those fucking boys normal too shit like what are you talking about like the daughters aren't doing anything like there's a man in this movie trying to seduce a 16 year old like what are you even talking about so it was an attempt i mean i read somewhere that magic johnson theaters which i don't know if they even exist anymore but they wouldn't play this movie yeah they they said they were not showing it on their, screen, on their screens because of the depiction of pretty much everything in this film. But I'm confused because like, what's the difference between that and like Juice? Did Juice have the same reaction or whatever? I don't know, but I feel like the ending of Juice is different mm. because the evil entity is gone. Bishop <laughs> don't make it. Yeah. I just, and you know Tommy and I, I actually do like that Tommy has the opportunity for redemption. Yeah, um, he does. He gets his chance. He does not shoot the preacher. Um, I think he has one of those like you know those moments in church when somebody would, like gave their life to God or whatever and they start mm-hmm. crying and stuff. That's what the way it was. Getting, really. Yeah, it was, he was he was called down to the altar to give his <laughs> life to the Lord. Yes, to hand over his wickedness. And all the sins. Exactly. And that's, that's what he did. Basically, yeah. That's why I was like, oh, this turned into like Hotep Bible study, Loki. <laughs> I was not expecting that at the end of this movie. <laughs> but like in Juice, also, it was like the kids got back on the right path. Like after yeah. Bishop was gone and, you know, all the friends, RIP. Um, yeah. You know, Omar Epps was like, okay, I, I know what's to to do now and also i feel like it was it is tied to hip-hop because you know queen latifah is in that mm. but it's also different like this feels a little bit more hip-hop given that you have multiple recording artists you have a video director it looks like a music video yeah we also are trying to tackle 
hot topic issues that are still like we we're, we're still talking about how women are being portrayed in those videos. Yeah. Where it was different in 1992 cuz I don't think has banned in the USA. Um, banned in the USA by a Two Live Crew. Uh-huh. I can't remember. I want to say it's around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, 1990. But like, but, it's still like it has gotten progressively worse since then. You know, hip hop yeah. in '92 it just came out. It's still like a hip hop. Yeah, it was weird when like, um, what was her name? Was it Janet Reno or whoever it was? Was like. Hey, this fucking weird shit over here. And I'm just like, why are you in our business? <laughs> I not- tried to buy my daughter a two live crew album, and it was nothing but booties on the cover. Girl. I don't like that. Yeah. It's like, all that. damn, why the fuck are you at the register buying two live crew albums for your daughter? Yeah. Who is it? It's the American Family Association, um, led by, I don't know who it was led by, but they're one of those like, we're about the families, but also we hate gay people and everything else. So they were like, yeah, we gotta put, what is it like a black whatever case or something? Like they covered it. And then there was like a whole thing about free speech. It's a lot, but yeah, I would agree. Like the whole, like, I think as it progressed, like the video girl became like a star in her own right and the stuff like that and became more like, more like height williams types, you know, sexy things. <laughs> and less kind of like, we just at the function dancing and we just happen to be shaking ass, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get that, but at the same, yeah, it was like a kind of, you know, when the plane is nose diving and you try to pull it up, I feel like they tried to pull it up, but maybe it was not done enough, but these are men. So they think that if they say it, it's, that's enough to make a difference <laughs> to everybody. And it, I don't think, I don't think that was going to really fly, unfortunately. Um, and I feel like there was other movies. It's just kind of funny because like the black crime genre is pretty, pretty full up. <laughs> and I don't know if this was still done to movies. Like, I don't remember like Peyton Full being banned, but maybe it was, um, and some other things that have come out since then, like, I don't think it, I don't know why they just gave it, maybe it's like the Goodfellas treatment, you know, like how in that movie, like, like it's cool. Like being a gangster is cool. It's not cool. <laughs> Everybody was betrayed and went to jail and died in prison or whatever. But like, maybe it's that vibe where people can't really distinguish, you know, sometimes because like I watch stuff like this. I'm like, is it cool when you get shot in the leg on the street? Not really. <laughs> like, but I don't know. Some people just are like, this is a glorification. And I'm like, for this one, maybe it is because it's a music video director <laughs> directing it and not like somebody who's just like showing you the bad parts. But also like when I see stuff like this, like if I'm at my house and some random ass man and his crew comes in my, like, I don't think that's cool <laughs> at all. I think that's pretty much a... Uh, a big con of the drug game for sure. But I don't know. Um, it didn't stop this movie from being iconic. <laughs> like, no, no. I reference this all the time. Um, we can also say that um, I think uh, Sincere is in Africa and we never figure out where in Africa, but he is in the motherland somewhere. 
and he's with his family. It's the new millennium. And that that that's it, you know, celebrating the year two thousand in Africa. We didn't even see them in Africa. That's the best part. No. And then it's just Times Square, New Year's Eve. Woo, we in Africa. Yeah. Bye movie. Yeah, we don't see them actually in <laughs> we don't even see them. We don't see them again. That's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tommy has given his life to the Lord. Um which I don't know how it's going to help them when the white people come back and they're like, we need you to pay up. Like you didn't deliver. We gave you the time you didn't deliver. So we, we don't have time to figure that part out. Since Sierra's gone, um, multiple people have died and been assaulted. Yes. I don't know. I mean, I don't look at this movie as like a violent, like a stereotypical depiction. I do feel like it's just not told the best <laughs> which is a problem but i mean hey we've gone over that yeah so. this yeah like a lot of the films in this particular genre um are like cautionary tales like this this is what happens to you this is what could happen to you this is what we want we're going to tell you or show you to deter you from taking on a life of crime yeah um because it never ends well yeah. Um, whereas this one doesn't necessarily do that because there, there isn't a, there is no story really. Yeah. Since Sierra gets out, he doesn't have to worry about anything anymore. Um, yeah. somehow managed to get those passports and that visa straightened out, I guess. And, uh, Tommy is in the arms of the Lord. Well, not, you know, literally, but like, <laughs> He's with, the, you know, he's given his life to the church. So I hope whichever church this is will cover him as uh, one of the alphabet people will be coming for him momentarily. <laughs> so hopefully they will cover him with the grace of somebody because mm -hmm. it's not looking good. <laughs> I wonder if that's what um, happens in Belly 2. Electric Boogaloo. What is Belly actually? Is, I feel like Belly too is called Beast or something. Ugh, first of all, it stars the game. Millionaire Boys. I, I when I turned on Criterion, I saw, I was like, whoa, it's a Belly too. Didn't there, know that existed. There is. And I was going to watch it. And then I looked at the cast and I said, oh, no, I'm not going to watch this. No, you could not pay me to watch anything to do with the game at all for any reason <laughs> and we have watched some craziness on this podcast but that's where i'm drawing the line uh so belly two millionaire boys club came out in 2008 that's too far that's too that's that's too far along. like that's too that's too much of a gap yeah um so it was directed by someone named ivan frank who apparently this is the only thing he's ever directed um, or been involved in at all. Um, and uh, I mean, it has an interesting Michael K. Williams was in it. Um, and a bunch of other people I don't know, but basically it's about some ex-con who goes back to his old ways and then he falls for a cop. Okay. I don't know all why right. Criterion picked this, to be fair. I, under I appreciate the attempts um, to write some wrongs in history, but like this was maybe like stretching it a little bit far. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate um, the, the you know criteria gives me 
you the option to continue on the belly journey um, if I had wanted to. Yeah, I don't want to. Giving me underseen options. You know, one day my dream is for state property and state property too to be on the Criterion (laughs) Collection. Because like, I need to debut my themes. Um... monologue because that's one of my favorite moments in film is the young lady who's talking to beanie siegel about something yeah i has beanie siegel like acted and stuff like what yeah it's happening it's actually kind of interesting how many rappers really get into movies and things um i have not seen study property um i will say that dame dash is also in paid in full and i was like oh he's look at this acting interesting Mm -hmm. What is Jay-Z like as an actor? So the acting, all of the acting in State Property and State Property 2 okay. is on par with how you feel a rapper can act. Okay. And I'm not talking about like a Queen Latifah or Will Smith rapper or Ooh. a Cool J rapper. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and I'm not talking about, you know, DMX. the real charismatic actor. Um, rappers will smith <laughs> yeah you know i'm not talking about that no we're not getting an oscar today <laughs> no okay. memphis bleak is in here so this is just like a rock of, of um rockefeller record rockefeller. okay i mean listen if no one's gonna let you in just kick the damn door down and do it yourself mm-hmm. i understand yeah, chris, chris and neath in there a meal like this I'm, is this is what i watched you know uh, okay <laughs> are you I wonder how Mill is doing. I haven't heard from her in a long time or seen her anywhere and doing anything. That's interesting. I have not seen State Property, but I've heard about State Property. So would you recommend State Property? As- oh, yes. That okay. was my recommendation for this film to pair with. You have to watch like Pain and Fool and State Property. Like, no, yeah. like, honestly, if you watch Pain and Fool, no one is acting in State Property like Cameron. Like, <laughs> Cameron <laughs> is delivering his um, fateful. Oh, delivery. yeah. And that's another thing, too. Has Cameron acted since then? I feel like he maybe has, but he delivered that line. Like, it was his, <laughs> that was the line he was born to say. <laughs> he, was, he was not fucking around. <laughs> yeah, like, Cameron has been in a couple films. Like, he has been in State Property, too. And Kill a Season. Mm-hmm. So, was- yeah. Okay. Um, okay, that's not Cameron. Oh, who was that? End of watch percentage. He's on the soundtrack for Booksmart. Um, interesting. Okay, and he was on Queens as, yeah, I really enjoyed Queens. They need to bring that back. They need to uncancel Queens. <laughs> uncancel Queens. I was the only Queens. person watching it, but I, d- I didn't get to. I didn't get to watch it, unfortunately. But yeah, it's weird that they have music videos on here as acting things. I mean, I guess like, maybe that's a, I don't know, like a SAG thing. I don't know. Um, interesting. Yeah. I think Paid in Full was like his first movie. Well, Paper Soldiers, which I don't know what that is, but he's masked Dominican number one. But Paid in Full was like, I think he's actual full. It's <laughs> like first like role and he delivered that line um like it was the thing that he was always meant to say so interesting um yeah I would say paid in full is probably mine um just because I watched it pretty recently and I think that it it does what this wants to do 
and it does it better. You know, it improves. It stands on the shoulders of giants or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, um, I think it's my pick. And also just like, I don't know, pick like a Hype Williams fucking like YouTube playlist and just get your fucking life. Like there's, I feel like there's at least a hundred or so music videos here. He hasn't directed anything in like two years. But you should definitely, um, he hasn't really done anything in the 2020s, but also he's like 50, so I don't think he really has to anymore. Yeah, and also, like, I want to, I don't, I'm sounding like a hater. Like, a lot of music artists today don't really have a creative vision. No. Or forward-thinking artistic ability to also, have a director like Hype Williams or even director X. Yeah. Like, Like, yeah, what happened to Director X? So, like, I'm sorry, like, when I hear a song, like, all of the songs now, they do, I sound old as fuck in the sun. But, like, all the songs now sound the same because you, y'all, you're not thinking creatively. You're not moving the genre forward Mm. in a fun way. Like, you guys just every artist just needs to take a little moment and just be fun. I was gonna say, didn't Hype Williams like Hype Williams was to direct that Megan Thee Stallion video, wasn't he? Yes, he did, and that yeah. one didn't come out, and everyone was no. looking forward to it. And then yeah, it was, it was like. Shelved. Yeah, uh, it was for cash shit, and it was supposed to be like a whole uh, black exploitation themed thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was before the whole fallout with like the baby and all that, and whatever he's doing with his life. But like, ugh, I was looking so forward to that. I don't know why she's never gonna release it now, but like, I was looking so looking so forward to that. I didn't know Director X. Director X was a visual consultant on Belly as well. And he's done some really cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also directed uh, a couple of movies. He directed the Superfly uh, remake. Yeah, that's a movie that existed that I have witnessed in my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have not, I didn't want to try. But yeah, I will say, I will say uh, Painful and just, go play some you know music videos from hypes late like late 90s early 2000s era and you know absorb what's happening absorb everything um i also want to say um that i watched a couple movies this past few weeks and i just wanted to talk about them a little bit because i don't know if we're gonna ever talk about them but i watched um kill of the flower moon and i watched priscilla and I watched, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Dry Long So? Is that how you say that? Um, these are the movies I've watched in the last uh, week or two. Uh, Priscilla's Okay, Killers of Flower Moon, excellent but very long. My eyes hurt in the middle of it. I needed some Visine, um, but I, there's no way I will ever be able to sit through a three and a half hour movie at my own house. <laughs> I need the sensory deprivation chamber that is the movie theater in order to experience something like that. And Dry Long So was really good. I was very surprised that it kind of almost turned into a little horror movie in the middle Mm. of it. Um, Because it has to do with like a serial killer stalking black men in the Bay Area. Um, But it is a, I know it it was, I was like, whoa, wow, whoa. But, um, you know, there's some other parts of it. You know, it's just about like a young photographer. She's trying to 
capture these black men's likeness as a part of her photography project because she says that black men are an endangered species i am the i mean i guess <laughs> and so she is taking all their pictures and then people disappear and they don't realize it and i think i don't know i forget how it ends i literally just watched it but um a little fuzzy on the ending but i think everybody should watch it it was um released in the 90s and i guess they just restored it um very recently so it has a criterion release and there's on the criterion channel there's not a criterion sponsored podcast but i just thought it was a pretty excellent movie and it kind of made me feel a little bit like how the watermelon woman kind of made me feel like in the same not in the same vibe but it had the same sort of like 90s a little bit that crunchy grain feel to it um but yeah i just wanted to say that because um movies are happening the strike is over both strikes are over i think since we've been gone both strikes are over so um film is happening yet again uh can't believe it <laughs> truly can't believe that we made it this far i feel like the only film i've seen that is like most recent has been naturally five nights at freddy's oh my god did you really <laughs> I did. I was, it was a friday night it was five nights at freddy's time and i've watched i've witnessed that i will say <laughs> Get Josh Hutcherson a real job. Get that boy a job where he can use all of the tools that he has at his disposal because he can act. He was <laughs> acting up and down that Chuck E. Cheese. And I was like, you know what? He's in a totally different movie from all these animatronics because damn. He, he, he was doing that. And I was like, mm, you know what? I'm okay. very concerned about this emotional trauma thing happening. He's doing it. He crying. I'm like, yep. And then, you know, my boy, Matthew Lillard was there. And I was like, you know, I will watch anything with you in it. So yeah, you here. I'm here too. Yeah. I saw the girls trying to come for Matthew Lillard in his filmography. And I was like, how dare you? Um, that is disrespectful. Don't you dare disrespect the Lillard for any reason ever. Um, so yeah, I don't know about Five Nights at Freddy's. Every time y'all talk about it, I'm kind of like, you're doing what? If you have like a eight to 13 year old son, daughter, niece, nephew, nibbling, <laughs> perfect for them. Perfect for that them. is, they're going to be like, well, yeah, we getting scared. And and, and this that's, is that's just it. It's, that's who it's designed for. It's designed for iPad babies, it's, and it's perfectly <laughs> fine. Did I tell you I watched Megan? Finally, Megan, Megan, my girl. Girl, I oh, we need to add that to some sort of AI. Uh, when we were, you know, that movie should came out when we were talking about Ex Machina. <laughs> See, <laughs> Megan is a mother because Megan says if you're not gonna raise this fucking kid. I will. Why didn't you want to raise the baby is the problem. She's just too busy to do it. She was like, you don't even want to play with her. Okay. I guess I'm a mom now. That's crazy. So Five Nights at Freddy's is on Peacock already? Mm -hmm. It was a, we in the theater, we at the house release. Now, let me ask a really important question. Mm -hmm. I see that Jason Blum has something to do with it and it i just yeah yeah he's always at the scene of a crime isn't he because i think he's at the scene of the crime with megan as well mm -hmm. that's also a Bloomhouse release. <laughs> he he's like you know what i will give you exactly 
five dollars to make this movie let's make it happen i mean apparently it made 231 million dollars mm-hmm. i don't even remember the movie being released and that was just like two weeks ago <laughs> apparently i didn't even know this was out oh my goodness so um that's crazy. I, it looks crazy. Every time y'all talked about Five Nights at Freddy's, I was always a little bit like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I but, feel like we spent years in a group chat randomly mentioning And I would just be like, I'm just observing. I would literally just be like, I'm just observing. I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I love this for everybody involved. Not for me, because I don't like Amatar and shit like that. But like, I love this for you guys who are enjoying the video game. And apparently... It's probably going to get a sequel, isn't it? Mm, probably. Oh, oh yeah. And one more thing while I'm talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, <laughs> a film that was released in theaters that I just watched recently. It's called Slaughter House. It is a slacker. Okay. Um, where a sloth is brought back and brought into a sorority house and it don't like that shit and it is so fun i would recommend the poster look at the poster so good you can't make a sloth look evil it is so cute like it is so cute i i loved every moment of slaughter house Mean girls. So oh see mean girls meets happy death day with a touch of gremlins this is all your shit what did the sloth do to anybody come on oh yeah like it was kid like it was taken from it was ripped out of its home brought to um um like some dude some animal traders house and it did not like that shit ew well it was being like abused essentially the fucking tagline is don't rush die slow Mm-hmm. Gotta give it to you for that one. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like, I love Alta the Sloth. Can't wait to see her come back. This is crazy. <laughs> this is absolutely crazy. So, whenever this is released, um, I don't know, we'll have some sorority slasher pairing. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's plenty to choose from, but yeah, <laughs> that looks insane. <laughs> I don't even know how you found that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, our next movie is going to be um what is our next movie going to be? It is going to be Deep Cover. Thank you. Um directed by Bill Duke. Okay. I have not watched Deep Cover, and I don't think we've done many Lawrence Fishburne movies, so that's why I really wanted to watch it. Um I think we've only done School Days, mm-hmm. and that was like a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. So, we need to get into Lawrence and what he's giving. Um, and I feel like this will be a, like a maybe more traditional <laughs> noir. <laughs> yeah. Um, with like a conspiracies and LA and all this other stuff and drug cartels and all that good fun. Don't know who you can trust on this one. You surely can't. So um, also Snoop Dogg is going to be in it. So that's to be fun, I think. Yeah. And also Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. and some other people that I have not sniffed out yet, but we shall see with oh, Clarence Williams III. <laughs> the list. That's my boy. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> you know. 
I love was he really going by Larry Fishburne at this time? Uh-huh. This is oh. this is around that time. Yeah, until 1993. Weird. Lawrence is way more like, you know, I don't know. I'm making a fist. I don't know why. Commanding? But yeah, it just gives you like, you know, I can see it. But um, also I wanted to say, which we didn't talk about the fashion in this movie, but it's kind of too late. But anyways, I just want to say <laughs> that there's a couple moments when like DMX in in um, Belly is wearing like very futuristic looking like leather and like PVC type things with like these really thin glasses. And I was like, oh, like this is very matrixy even though like the matrix wasn't going to come out until like the following year after and i was like oh this is a nice like tie-in uh to what uh, morpheus will be giving um in just this few short months after this was released so i thought that was very fun so once again black people are ahead of the curve at every time every point mm-hmm. in history so you know know us know us in our our uh i don't know just how we move through history and how we are the trendsetters and the blueprint for everything thank you so uh yeah that's our episode um don't really know what else to give besides that thank you for listening we have um our social media channels are linked in the description what else what else what else if you want to reach out to us you can send us an email at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com yeah we are open to like, if you want to request an episode, we will do that again. That's perfectly fine. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a little shaky there, but <laughs> we will take requests if you want them. Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody stay safe. Is out here wilding. Um, empires do not last forever. I will say that and keep that short and sweet. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode. And if you have any Noir Vimber uh, recommendations, please let us know. We will. Um, we would love more of those because I need to really step my game up. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Uh, if there's nothing else, we'll say bye now. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>